You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about protecting yourself and your business. So starting a business is hard. Running a business is hard. But one of the biggest things that can throw a wrench in your business is when legal comes knocking on your door, especially unexpectedly. (laughs) Now, I've only had a few legal encounters myself over the last few years, but let's just say that they take up not only a ton of time to address, but the mental and emotional energy spent on these situations is taxing to say the least. In addition to the time you spend, uh, you know, you also get the joy of legal fees on top of addressing them. So whenever I'm working with business owners, I always recommend they do not DIY it when it comes to legal and that they definitely have their legal assets in order, which is why I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. Today, we are chatting with Carolyn Yankee. She's an attorney with over 20 years of legal and business experience, and she's the founder of Athena Legal Solutions, where they offer legal solutions to businesses and nonprofit leaders at an affordable rate, also rare to find in this space. So welcome to Eloma, Carolyn. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So Carolyn, you've spent the majority of your career um, it, on in-house on the corporate side in corporate law. You opened Athena Legal Solutions out over the last couple of years. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to make this leap. Well, I think it all starts with, I'm a mom, right? I have four kids who are quickly getting older and time flies. And working in-house was great. I think it's a really unique experience. And my last couple of jobs in-house were helping with startups, which I loved. I loved being in at the ground floor, helping them figure out all the details, the business part, the operations part, not just like, Here's the law. You need to do this. Like, I like the collaborative nature of that. But doing that for a company that's, you know, making millions and millions of dollars is not quite as satisfying as, you know, helping people who are taking real risks, right? They are putting their houses, they're mortgaging their houses to fund their business. They're doing, you know, they're taking from their retirement accounts so that they can start a business. And as I decided and thought about transitioning out, I was like, I really want to help those people, like people who are taking real risks, because not a lot of people help them. Lawyers are scary. No one wants to talk to lawyers. No one wants to go to a big firm and say, can you help me with my $200 contract that, you know, someone yeah. pays me? And I was like, but those are the people who are making the world a different place. So it happened that I started getting people calling me who were like, do you do this? I was like, yeah, actually, I do. I can help you with that. And slowly but surely, I was like, maybe I should start a firm. Maybe this is what I should do. Yeah. And uh, you've been up and running for a couple of years now. What has been your experience uh, as as a new business owner yourself over the last few years? Ooh. Um, it was a challenging time. The last couple of years have been a challenge. <laughs> it's been unique. I would say it has been harder and easier than I expected. It's harder from an emotional standpoint of the ups and downs 
and yes. this feeling alone, right? When it's just you, um, to I hired a person within a year of starting my business and then started growing and started doing all these things that I was like, well, that was, that just kind of happened a lot more organically and easier than I thought it would. Um, yeah. So, so I would say harder and easier, but definitely a roller coaster. Yeah, for sure. I think when I first started, um, when I first started a brainchild, I met somebody at an event and they said, you know, entrepreneurship is like a roller coaster. You just put your hands up and you just embrace the ride. And I'm like, wow, I really hate roller coasters though. But, <laughs> but that's such a good analogy. It's such a, it like the highs are so high and the lows are real low, um, but it's a ride. It's totally yeah. a ride. So yeah, I love that. And we are all so much better off uh, for having you starting Athena. Uh, you've been an incredible asset to the community at large. So tell me a little bit. So you talk about, um, you mentioned you wanted to work in this group of people because these are the people taking real risks and changing the world and need protection, right? So let's talk about some of the lowest hanging fruit opportunities that small business owners need to pay attention to when it comes to a legal standpoint. So if we had like a checklist, what would you say are like, and you probably have like 25 of these, but let's, let's go with five. And if you want to throw in a bonus or so, go for it. Um, but like the five lowest hanging fruits that a business owner needs to make sure they have in place to protect them and their business. Number one, have an LLC. It's not that hard to form an LLC. Have something that keeps your business assets separate from your personal assets. Like that, and that is number one. And unfortunately, a lot of people kind of leap over that because they're like, well, I'm just a side, you know, I'm only making a couple hundred bucks or, you know, and they, and they all of a sudden they don't realize that, wow, there's like a lot I'm putting at risk if something were to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Number one, easiest thing to do. Second thing is. Wait, can I ask a question sure. on that? Sorry sure. to interrupt. So starting an LLC now for everybody listening, we know that there's multiple different types of legal entities you can start. And I don't mean to open up that can yeah. of worms, but um, can you briefly explain like some of the differences between like an LLC or the other entities that somebody might be interested in opening or why one might be better than another? Sure. So the most basic is not really an entity. It's a sole proprietorship, but it's what people think about. So if you don't have an entity, you're a sole proprietor, which means there's nothing separating your business assets from your personal assets. Um, you could have a DBA that you do business under, or you could just be, you know, Carolyn Yonke Esquire sole proprietor. The other option, the next option is an LLC, which is a limited liability company. It's the easiest. It has the least amount of governance that's required, like paperwork, which all mm -hmm. small business owners hate to do. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so that's why that's why I say LLC because if you're just starting sure. out, it's the easiest and cheapest way to do it. The filing fees yeah. are the cheapest. You have the least amount to do. If you want to have a board of directors, and you want to have a number of people who help you make decisions, then it can be a corporation. But you can also do that in an LLC if you choose to, but you have to do it in a corporation. And then you're going to be taxed different in a corporation. And when you're just starting out, that adds accounting fees. It adds 
legal fees, because now you have, there's a lot of corporate governance that annually you're required to do versus in an LLC. Um, there's a thing that a lot of people talk about is being an S corp. A lot of small business owners talk about being S corps, which is basically like being a corporation, except it's limiting, particularly if you want to have, like, if you have investors, like if you're going to go out there and try and get, um, private equity or different people like that, worst possible choice you can make. Whatever short-term tax benefits you would get are going to be destroyed when you have to convert from an S-corp to a C-corp because you're going to spend that all in accounts and legal fees and dealing with the taxes associated with it. So I, I often tell people who even might be going down that path, start with an LLC. Start simple. When you have people who are ready to give you millions of dollars, then you can convert if you need to. Um, but until someone's going to pay you millions of dollars, why would you add that much to your legal fees? Yeah. Yeah. So no, don't make it harder than it needs to be. Right. And so you can be an LLC and taxed as an S Corp if your accountant goes, it would be better for you to be taxed as an S Corp. Mm-hmm. But you need to be cognizant when you have that conversation with your accountant that they make more money when you become taxed as an S Corp because it's a separate tax filing. So really push your accountant to say, is it time to do this? Am I going to get enough tax benefit when you weigh in the costs and expenses to make it worthwhile? That is the first time I've ever heard that one. Uh, Thank you. Also making mental notes to myself. Um, Okay. That's great. I'm glad I asked the question. All right. Thank you, Carolyn. Number two. Number two, get bank accounts. I know that doesn't seem like a legal thing, but your LLC means nothing or your entity means nothing if you don't have separate bank accounts. The courts, if you were to get sued, it's called piercing the veil, would go through your entity if you are, if you're using your personal bank accounts to do your business banking, because then they see it as just an extension of your personal assets. Um, Mm -hmm. So get a business bank account and keep your money separate. That's the only way you keep it protected is by keeping it separate. Um, Yeah. Number three would be get insurance because. Oh, that's a big one. You can only do so much, right? Legally, you can only protect yourself so much. There will be a time when you will get sued. So that's the first thing you need is that insurance. Because at least it gives you, it reduces the fear, right? When, when something goes wrong, you go, well, at least I have insurance. So yeah. that's my first step, right? And I mean, um, isn't it fair to say like anyone can sue anyone for any reason? Like you don't have to yeah. have, like you could look at somebody wrong and they get pissed. Yeah. Like people are crazy. <laughs> they are. And the thing is, is that it still costs you money to deal with the crazy, right? You still would yes. have to go hire a litigator who would go into court to say what you might want to say, which would be this person's crazy. Why, mm-hmm. why am I dealing with this? But you can't go into court by yourself and do that because yeah. you have a lawyer. So yeah, it's just, you're better off just having that protection and peace of mind. And when it comes to insurance, um, not that you're an insurance broker, <laughs> but for this, the business owners listening at, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have insurance. Do you have any recommendation in terms of where to look or trusted resources or things to not like to avoid or clauses you want to make sure are included? I think 
the big thing is to make sure that you're insured appropriately, but not overinsured. Because okay. an insurance agent might try to sell you all these different types of policies, you know, with um, protection around data and cybersecurity. But if you don't collect any data about anybody that you actually need to protect or do anything, like why would you need that? I always start with general liability. Like just go with general liability. General liability. Okay. Um, and then like some sort of errors and omissions. Like if you make an honest mistake, there's coverage to protect you because you made an honest mistake. Um, those, those are the two that I would start with. I would also say a lot of things I see with tech startups is they have clients who require certain insurance amounts. They say, I won't do business with you unless yes. you have X, Y, yep. and Z insurance. Mm-hmm. You need someone to help you push back on that because there is a certain amount of, I'm a startup. It's not appropriate for me to have a $50 million insurance policy. Like oh, wow. if you're that worried about working with me, right? Then you probably shouldn't be working with me, but there's a reason I'm cheaper. That's why you're working with me. So you're going to take yeah. a chance. If we're going to take a chance. And so really be, don't feel over the barrel on those things. Talk to an expert who can help you think about how to push back or negotiate for different ways. Um, like once we reach this level in our relationship, then I'll make sure I have this much insurance. Um, sure. Things like yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I'm literally taking notes. Thank you. (laughs) We have heard time and time again, women small business owners want to work with other women small business owners, but they don't know where to find them or they don't know how to find the right ones. So we're fixing that. The 100 Collective is a public facing national directory of and membership for women owned small businesses looking to find, hire, and network with women such as yourself. We call it the 100 Collective because all members are asked to pay it forward by supporting 100 other women by using their unique strengths and skill sets to empower each other to live financially free and fulfilling lives. Join us at the100co.com. All right. What number are we on here? We said uh, that was LLC bank account insurance. Okay, great. Number what four. Number four. Contracts. Have contracts with your clients. And it doesn't have to be complicated, right? It could be a one-page contract. But the thing I always tell people is relationships always work better when everybody knows exactly what their job is in the relationship. I mean, think about your personal, with your kids, with your spouse. It's your job to take out the garbage. And in return, I am going to put the bag back in, right? Right. You will always take it out to the curb for me and I won't have to do that. Yeah. You you get rid of a lot of resentment and avoid that if you have had that transparent conversation. And that's always better in writing. People mm-hmm. forget. Um, mm-hmm. So I tell people, don't think of it as you being like a hard business person. It's you having the best intent to have a good relationship. And so someone yeah. who doesn't want to sign a contract doesn't really care about having a good relationship with you. Like their concerns yeah. are push, make you question, are they going to be a good partner in this relationship? Yeah. And it's probably fair to say that for the people working for you as well, right? Like I know we talk about 1099s versus employees, um, but I so often have run into people who are like, well, she's my friend. It'll be fine. And it's uh-huh. like, don't risk and that here's, one. <laughs> here's where that goes wrong. Because yeah. to a certain extent, 
fine. They're your friend. They're not going to get upset if you don't pay. And if they don't do the work, you're just going to go. But what if your friend drew the pictures for your book and you didn't have a contract with them and your book goes gangbusters? They own all the rights to those photos because you don't have a contract with them because they were the artist. They created them. You're out of luck. Like, unless they're willing to, and your relationship has gone to heck, right? So what are you, unless they're willing to assign it over to you, they literally will be tied to you in that money for the rest of their lives. And be ugly. So if anything, you want to make sure that the rights that need to be conveyed in a contract of who owns what, that happens. Yeah, that's a good Way to like go straight for the jugular on that one. That was such a solid example. (laughs) That's yes, absolutely. All right. Contracts. Absolutely. So, and absolutely you were right about contracts with the people that you work with. Um, 1099s and contractors and versus employees. If you don't have the right contracts, you could owe tons of back taxes. This has happened a lot in the post pandemic era. A lot of states had to give out a lot of unemployment money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that. So they started digging into people who requested unemployment, which happened to be a lot of independent contractors who were like thinking like, oh, I can't work anymore. I'm going to file for unemployment. Well, then that led to audits of of companies. And they're like, well, no, no, it was an independent contractor. But they didn't have a contract that said they were an independent contractor. They made them turn in their timesheets in the exact same way that all their employees did it. They had their, anything they had said you had to follow employee policies and things like that. Well, guess what? They're employees now. And now you owe back taxes for all the years that you've been paying them. Oh, yeah. So absolutely have to be very careful that you treat those groups of people very differently and are very clear in writing what kind of yeah. relationship. Yeah, for sure. I know that's always uh, a line that everybody talks about is the contractor versus employee line. And it's definitely not one to be taken lightly. No. And it, and that's the thing that like a lawyer is great for, right? Just call them up and ask them the question. They're not going to charge you a bunch of money to like, just ask what's the difference. How do I know? What do I need to think about? What do I need to do? Like yeah. we offer free, almost all lawyers offer like a free consultation or at least of some sort. And they'll be happy to answer that question. Yeah, for sure. And it's a better use of your time down the line anyway, you know, so that you're not spending time and like fighting these things that could have been prevented, easily prevented. Yeah. I mean, some, sometimes when we've had to fix these scenarios for people, we've actually had to close down their, their LLCs open a brand new LLC and then rehire everybody under the appropriate contracts so that they, and they would have to set up a whole new employment with the state and they'll have a whole UI oh, unemployment oh. insurance. But that was the only way they were ever going to get back to that independent contractor status that they really intended to have for their business. Wolf. Yeah. yeah. So lesson is ask an attorney up front. Don't, don't, Again, don't DIY it and don't assume that you know things. Yeah. I, I'm all for DIYing, but whenever people talk to me about DIY when it comes to attorneys and legal, I'm like, ooh, no, that's not where you're trying to save save the cash. And the funny thing is, is like super risk averse people um, will be like, well, I'll just make them an employee. And I'll, I'll have a conversation with them and say, 
except that's a lot of extra expense for somebody who's going to work for you four hours a week and you don't and care risk. what they do with the rest of their time. Yeah. So, then you have unemployment and yeah. Ooh, all the taxes, no. holding, right? So no. sometimes people overcompensate because they'd rather yeah. do that, like to be safe versus, you know, ask the question, but they're still, again, wasting money that they didn't yeah. need to. And as small business owners, that's not typically something that we um, prioritize is wasting of the monies. (laughs) (laughs) No. Not usually. There's there's enough lessons learning in business that you don't need to just frivolously waste it. (laughs) Yeah. We're just, you know, we're just going to lose $100,000 over here and $100 over there. Um, Okay. All right. Number five. Last one. Last Last one. one. Protect what makes you great. Everybody has their business. I mean, if you're in business, there's something that you do different, right? I'm different from every lawyer. You're different from every coach. There's something about you that's unique. And whether that's the content you create, whether it's the branding you put around it, whether it's, you know, just the process that you use for what you do with things, protect it. People do a lot of lead magnets. Entrepreneurs do a lot of lead magnets. Like, oh, download this and you can learn about how I do X, Y, and Z. Except they never put on there a copyright notice that says, do not distribute. Or they create all this content that they let people log into, um, you know, member only access, but they have no terms and conditions that say, can't share your password. You have to let us know if somebody accesses your account. The content in there, again, is not, doesn't have a copyright notice. doesn't mean you have to file a formal copyright, but you're at least telling people, do not distribute this to non-paying people. I mean, there's a yeah. more elegant equal, legal way to do it. But <laughs> I mean, I, I lean towards most people are good. If you put something on it that says, do not share this document with other people, they're probably not going to share it with other people because they're going to look at that and go, someone's going to find out I shared it. Um, yeah. So... For the bulk of the people, you're going to just ward off inadvertent bad behavior versus, I mean, the people who are going to be bad because they're just bad people, you're going to stop them anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that makes a lot of sense too. So I like the, you know, and even from a low hanging fruit standpoint, the copyright, copyright, what makes you different, what makes you great. Um, And then obviously there's, if you take that one step further, you've got the trademarks and all those kinds of things, which are a whole nother situation, but I like having even just that, that initial low hanging fruit. Yeah. And that's what a contract does too, right? Whether it's your website terms of service, whether it's the contract with your clients, the contracts with your employees, all of that is about protecting what makes you great. Yeah. And again, I love your point too, because so many people feel icky about contracts and I love how you illustrated, like you're just you're just making it clear for both sides. Like, this is what I'm saying. And this is what you're saying. Are we in agreement? You know, I've seen contracts that are very much uh, one-sided, you know, and there are those, but generally speaking, you're trying to create a mutually beneficial contract. So, okay. Love those. Thank you, Carolyn. Um, All right. We might have already touched on some of this, but what would you say are some of the most common misperceptions about legal and small business? Um, I think that I'm too small 
for people to worry about. Okay. A lot of times I haven't gotten in trouble yet. Is mm-hmm. I hear. I know I should, but um <laughs> there's there's these a all lot sound of- like naughty kids. We all sound like naughty children. <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny. Like, Don't tell mom. Like, this is a safe space, right? I'm not going to laugh at you when you tell me I've just been writing on napkins what someone has to pay me and that's what I give them. And, you know, the, it is what it is. The point is, is that you want to fix it and do it right and reduce your risk yeah. going forward. So yeah. I, I think that's a big piece that people are like, I'm too small for it to matter. And when I've had conversations with people, they're like, I'm only making like a thousand dollars a month on that. Like that's not small. Like that's decent money. Like we're talking, you probably have to file some 1099s if you're paying out people for this. Right. Yeah. So it's, I don't think they realize how quickly small becomes much bigger than small. And so they just, they don't think about it. Yeah. And it easily snowballs. That's a good point. Like, I mean, that's all of our goals, right? Is to continue yeah. to grow and grow and grow. But you, you're inundated with so many things that it's easy to forget if you haven't put those protections in place from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, I had a lady who has been in business for five years, a very successful business. And she goes, um, I, need, I just want you to look at my contract. Like, I think there's a few things that are missing. It's worked well, but some things have been arising. And so like, let's, I, I just, I've never had a lawyer look at it. Let's look at it. And so we're talking and I go, Okay, so what's your LLC name? She goes, I didn't form one yet. I was like, this is the year. We're going to do that this year because that's the first right thing now. you do before I, make, Let's go. before I make your contract right. You need to have an LLC. Like the money you're going to spend on a contract is way more than what you're going to spend on forming your LLC. So, like, let's just get this done. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It, again, you just get going. It's like, oh, you know, it gets pushed down to that to-do list, down to the bottom. And then sometimes it just falls off. And it oh. falls off because people are intimidated. Right? Well, and legal is scary. Super like, scary. To the average person, legal is very scary. I don't like talking to lawyers. They're scary people, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a lawyer. I love it. I love it. But, you know, it's, but a lot of them are because they think up here and they talk up here and they're like dissecting laws and stuff. And so I get it. I get the rap that our industry has gotten. But um, that was part of the point of me doing what I'm doing, right? Is that yeah, not all of us are scary and not all of us are just out here to, you know, take every minute that we can bill you for. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Try yeah, those minutes as, add up, man. <laughs> yes, as least intimidating as possible. I actually had a client. I was like, I can wear my hoodie if it will make you feel better. <laughs> I, there you go. There you go. I know. For a long time, I was like, I should always wear blazers so people take me seriously because people always tell me I look really young. And I'm like, you know what? But I just love hoodies. Yeah. I really love hoodies. And it's like this element of approachability. Like yes. if a hoodie had a tagline, it would be like, I'm approachable. Like I'm just an average person, you know, like we all love our hoodies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, tangent aside, um, Carolyn, as we wrap up here, uh, what is the one thing that you want people to take away from this episode when we were talking about protecting yourself and protecting your business? 
I think it's that it's okay to take risk in your business, right? It's okay to not have a contract. It's okay to not do all those things, but do it in an educated manner. Understand the risk that you're taking. Have a conversation. Take the time to educate yourself. So at least then you're taking knowing risk versus unknown risk. Because unknown risk can bite you in, in horrible ways versus at least you knew these are the bad outcomes that could have happened and you've chosen to take that risk. Then that's a knowing on you decision. Um, so call a lawyer, call around. If you don't like the first lawyer to talk to, call around, ask your friends, like just call and have a conversation. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Call and have a conversation. Um, I want to take a second and talk about Athena Legal Solutions. You guys have some big goals this year. So um, tell me a little bit about what you are looking forward to and what you're working on in 2023. Well, this is, so I, do you pick a word for the year, Kylie? I, I try, but I, I have so many words. I'm really bad at that, but I really respect the people who can nail it down. So it sounds like you've got a word. Well, I don't have a word. I have a phrase. So okay, it's. You know, this is the year to go big. We're going big in 2023. So I'm going to live. I'm going to think big. I'm going to act big. And I'm going to, you know, live be big, big you know, and how I do big. things. So one of the big things we want to do is we've added estate planning, which is a new thing. And I'm also looking to hire a oh, number of lawyers. Awesome. So we just are physically going to get bigger. Um, but the other really big thing is that I want to have 223 women start businesses in 2023. And I love that. to facilitate that, we've reduced our rate significantly for starting an LLC package in an effort to make it as accessible as possible. Um, because I just think women business owners are so amazing and they bring something so different to the world that... We need more of us. We need more of us out yes. there. We do great things. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I've been saying, I believe like when women, so I think entrepreneurship is um, one of, not the only way to find like financial freedom and build a fulfilling life. But mm -hmm. for the women who choose that path, I, I just feel like it's one of the best ways to make the money that you want potentially. And when women have the money that they need in their lives, they make better decisions for themselves and for their families. And I think for the world, because we, we make big choices and we give back in a lot of ways. So One of my that. favorite statistics is small businesses, 90% of them give back to their community. Like that's, that's the power of small it's business. Huge. Right. They're supporting schools. They're supporting recreation programs. You know, they're supporting the food pantry and the Girl Scouts. Like, all of that is so critical. It takes a village. Anybody who has kids knows it takes a village. And mm -hmm. so just the more women we can help be part of that community. And I also, I'm always, I feel so, I don't know if it's feel bad, but there are women I talk to are like, well, I want to do this, but I don't know the people around me, they're not really supportive. Should I be doing this? Am I wasting yeah. my money? And like just being that cheerleader to say, you're not crazy. You know what you're talking about. I'm listening to you. I'm impressed. You have a plan. You know what you're going to do. And you want to take a chance. It's your money. Why not? Yeah. You know, making that as easy a leap as possible and being that cheerleader for them is, I think, really important and exciting. Absolutely. I mean, and, 
And it is so challenging for all the reasons that we've talked about and all those that we haven't yet mentioned. Don't have plans for Valentine's Day? Well, now you do. Join us for the official launch of The 100 Collective on Monday, February 13th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Apertivo in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here's what to expect at this launch party. A chance to network with other amazing women business owners, a first look at The 100 Collective's new platform, details on exclusive upcoming events and how to get more involved, plenty of food and champagne, and giveaways from local women business owners. So... Will you be our Galentine? Learn more and register at rain9.com. That's R-A-Y-N-E-I-X.com. Um, one thing that has killed me recently is I've been having a lot of conversations with women who want to start their businesses and they've had very unsupportive partners. Mm-hmm. And the feminist in me is just like rages. Um, but so to anybody listening, if you are thinking of starting your business and you may not have a super supportive partner, reach out to me and Carolyn because yes. we would love to help you. <laughs> and we believe in you, even though we haven't even met yet. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And there's a whole network of people who are there to help you. Like the minute yeah. you are vulnerable enough to say, this is what I want to do, there will be 50 women going, let me introduce you to this person. I know this person. Let me yes. let's, let's introduce you. Hey, did you know you can get funding from this place? Like it's yes. out there and we're happy to share it. You just have to be vulnerable enough to say, this is my dream. Will you yeah. help me? Which is scary. And I, I'm glad yeah. you say vulnerable enough because it's true. Like it, it is, you know, I was um, not to go down too much of a rabbit hole here, but I was looking at the relationship between vulnerability and entrepreneurship. And like, you truly cannot be an entrepreneur if you're not willing to be vulnerable, like literally all of the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I don't remember the definition off the top of my head, but you, it's the, uh, it's the act of like putting yourself out there, understanding that there's a chance you're going to get hurt in the process. Yes. Well, I mean, that's, that's entrepreneurship for- all day long. Every day. And well, that's part of my thing big, right? Like me saying this, like even saying we're going to get 223 women to start businesses. That's scary. That's a lot of businesses. It is. The only way I'm going to do that is have conversations with people like you and, you know, the rest of the world and saying, hey, you want help? I'm here. Yes, I love it. And and we already talked about this, but we are here to support you in that mission because I I totally back it. I think that's amazing. Um, okay, so that might lead into this next question sure. or this might be a totally different thing. Um, but here you go, Carolyn. What impact do you want to make on the world or what legacy do you want to leave? Oh, I think about this a lot. I think about, I thought about this a lot in my life because of how my parents were growing up. And I have a sister with disabilities. And so I was like raised with the idea that she will be my responsibility someday. And I have to figure that out into my life plan. And I just feel you have such a responsibility to make everybody around you better in in whatever way that is, right? Whatever small ways, you know, if it's being a Girl Scout leader, if it's, you know, serving on a board, if it's just connecting people or just, you know, doing the meal train for for somebody, you know, in the school who's, you know, kid is sick. Um, That's, that's what I want to be remembered for is that I made a difference that I, I gave and and I helped, you know, make things better for other people. I gave them opportunities. I love that. 
I love that. Okay, my last question for you. This is a humdinger. Fair warning. All right. <laughs> well, hopefully. Um, <laughs> all right. What is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? Oh, um, that the community is really different from what you would have expected. Um, when you grow up in the corporate world, there are only so many seats at the table. Like literally, there are only so many seats. And so everybody is <laughs> always fighting for those seats because so, you know, John Smith has been in that role for 30 years, right? And so when he retires, everybody's clamoring for that one spot. And so it's a real like dog eat dog, you know, every person for themselves kind of situation. And that is not what entrepreneurship is. Like when you make the switch and the jump, you realize what a community is and how there's enough room for everybody at the table and everybody can do their thing and enjoy it and be happy with it. And we can actually help each other be better and say, you know, I, I tried that tool. It really was a waste of time and money. I wouldn't put your energy into it. And we want to, because we don't want to see people go through the stress and pain and money loss that we did. Um, mm -hmm. That is not how it works in the corporate world. Yeah. And I, I like that too, because as we talk about like entrepreneurship in life, like there are enough seats at the table and it looks different than what you might think. So yeah. this idea of having a, an open mindset, I love it. Yeah. I yeah, it was interviewing a candidate today and she brought up because I have my women power partners directory where, you know, it's women who support other women entrepreneurs. And there's another attorney in there. She's like, so what's the deal with the other attorney? I go, well, I guess you'd say we're competitors. We do the same thing, but, you know, she does her thing differently than I do. And, you know, I'm happy to support her. She applied to be part of it and I'm happy to support her. Um, mm -hmm. And she supports me. So like, I don't think it's weird. I'm happy to refer. And I think that's so amazing because again, that mindset so often, especially as women, we have been trained to have this scarcity mindset, exactly like your corporate table example you just gave. You know, there's over, everybody's always been fighting for that same seat, you know, but in entrepreneurship, we're all creating our own seats. And so mm -hmm. there's enough seats for people just like us to sit next to us. We don't have to you know, play ring around the rosy and see who's going to get the chair. Right. I don't think those or are the same games. <laughs> ring around the Anyway. Chair. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Musical chairs. Not ring around the rosy. Okay. Here we go. Um, but yes, I love that. And I think it's, um, it's a mindset shift that I encourage everybody to continue to adopt because we can grow so much farther and, and faster together. Um, than if we we're just fighting each other all the time. It's hard though. I mean, it's, it's not easy when it's you, definitely you know, spent 10, 15 years doing something one way. It's, it's a very unique switch. So, I mean, it's something you have to work at, but I think that's also what you're talking about with the entrepreneurial mindset. Like you have to be mentally tough to do the roller coaster. And so oh, yeah. it's, yeah. it's important. For sure. And I will say like, I, and I've been guilty of this too, of the competitor mindset. For anybody listening, um, just like, you know, be aware of it. When it pops up, just be like, okay, that's not necessarily true. We could be partners. We could be allies. You know, it's not necessarily a me versus them kind of thing. Um, 
And it really can change the landscape of everything. Absolutely. And I think it's why um, being in masterminds and other groups like that with other business owners is so powerful because it's, even if you don't do the same things, there's so much learnings you can take and just having a fresh perspective because when you're by yourself, it's not, I mean, other than talking to yourself, (laughs) there's not a lot of new voices that you get to hear. And you might go a little crazy talking to yourself. So having, yeah, you know, and it, that's okay. Groups. No judgment for the talking to yourself. That's what my whiteboard's mm. for. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? but you should see I, when I go on walks, I'm like listening to books or like I'll verbally dictate. And I just am focused on like enunciation. I'm like, here are new blog post ideas. Talking, you know, like I'm just, I literally am talking out loud to myself and people walk by and they're like, this crazy person it's okay no judgment when i do mine and i'm listening to podcasts i take notes so i'm like i'm the one who's out there walking like trying to type notes into my phone (laughs) yeah yeah for sure um anyway anywho uh carolyn thank you so much for being a guest on our show today for anybody listening who is like uh i need to talk to carolyn what is the best way for them to get in touch with you go to our website it's www.athenalegalsolutionsllc.com, the world's longest website that someday yeah, that's I will. So yeah. <laughs> um, but on there, there's a little let's talk button in the top right corner. So you can click on that and you can schedule time and free, free time. And we can just have a conversation and you can access a ton of information on our, on our website. There's all of our flat rates and information on what we do. So awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for all of your nuggets and words of wisdom. For anybody listening who's enjoyed this episode just as much as I have, please go ahead and leave a review wherever you are listening. And Carolyn, thank you again. Thank you. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.